All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D, all one word. Capital D's, I should say. That's double D's. Uh, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. It does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place. Chris Faber. Uh, Chris is showing some Pokemon cards uh, right now. Our technical producer is Alex Allard, and I'm sure Chris would like Alex to switch cameras right now because uh, Chris wants to show off some Pokemon cards. And I love this. Whenever we're late starting, and it happens for various reasons, but everybody thinks it's because I'm late. The chat's throwing out theories early, and you know people are jumping in saying Quads missed his stop. I actually drove today. Uh, I don't. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. But uh, I don't like driving downtown. Um, they said quads missed a stop. Quads was late again. Yeah, I wasn't late. I was here on time. I was eating seconds before we went live, as I usually do. But mm-hmm. things are uh, things are busy right now. I mean, you weren't early either. No, I was not. Not early either. But uh, I was on time. No, that's fine. You were on time. Yeah. So uh, we're up and running now. We missed the sky train on the uh, on the intro here. That's fine. We got a big show today. 4-3 shootout win for the Vancouver Canucks uh, last night. Spencer Martin was excellent. Niels Doglander. We'll get to all that in a little bit. Frank Saravalli is going to join us, uh, and we'll touch on um, a couple different things with Frank. Interesting, like, around the league stuff, I think, with the salary cap, and I think uh, Frank's kind of brought it up with a few different things, and um, I, I want to hear what his thoughts are because he thinks the salary cap, uh, I think it might be going up more than the $1 million. We'll have to chat uh, more with Frank Saravalli well, about Batman that. said on Tuesday... Right, that it's only going to go up by one million. So we'll uh, we'll see. And that was Frank that reported that. Yeah, we'll see what Frank has to say about the whole uh, salary cap situation, as well as uh, latest rumors. Obviously, there's a lot of Canucks players on the trade market right now, active ones on the trade market. Bo Horvat being one of them. But uh, let's get started with some hockey. Yeah, I want to start uh, with the Vancouver Canucks last night. Okay, I want to start first before we get to the Canucks. Elliot Friedman had some reports today in the 32 Thoughts column. A lot of, a lot of Canucks-centric uh, stuff right at the top of that column. Uh, said one of the most obvious things that I think we were thinking about, but the Canucks would like to get back that second-round pick that they gave up to acquire Riley Stillman, uh, obviously giving up Jason Dickinson as well in that trade. Canucks would like to get that second-round pick back, or a second-round pick. They'd like to pick uh, in the second round. So it'll be interesting uh, to see if they're able to do that. The other thing that popped up, was that the Canucks are... It's already on the Canucks' radar uh, that they should extend Elias Pettersson sooner rather than later. Yep. As soon as you can. As soon as you can with Pettersson, you want to. I think he wanted to extend him long-term the last time he signed a deal with him. Yeah, so uh, I wrote about this uh, over at Canucks Army, and basically what I said was like, look, it's not this management regime's fault that Pettersson isn't signed long-term right now, right? Probably should have been. The Canucks just couldn't do it at that time. They weren't in the best spot to do it, and they're going to find themselves in a position now where they have to lock them up long-term, but it's not going to be cheap, right? Because the time to do it was back then, but that doesn't mean that now isn't the time to do it. You know what I mean? No, you mean you, you pay your best players. That's yeah. a, I don't. We don't even need to discuss that. There's going to be a big... It's going to be a big money deal for Patterson. It's going to be bigger than it would have been if they would have signed that instead of this bridge contract that he got. If he would have yes. gone the, the Quinn Hughes route and gone for the six-year deal, probably looking a little bit different for the AAV. But, uh, I mean, Patterson, the way he's playing and the way he's progressing, listen, he's 24 years old. He's going to sign this contract when he's, what, 26, yep. I think? 25, yep. 26-ish? 
yeah, that that's the big contract of his career. He's going to sign that deal, you know, the eight-year deal that's going to take him to 33 years old. He's going to be making more than $11 million probably. Yep. And Right? Hey, it's interesting money talks, obviously, but um, I also wonder if them, you know, if this report getting out there is partly because the Canucks are wanting to make it clear as early as possible that, hey, we're... We're ha- we have a lot of turnover on the roster coming up. We-, we hope to change this team around, but one player that we really want to stick around and build around is Elias Pettersson. This this goes with the clause plan. I like it. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, the- yeah, you want to sign... Uh, you want to get Pettersson done. I'd like to see the Canucks sign Elias Pettersson. Yeah, I don't know why we're doing... I don't know why we're doing the Pettersson contract talk well, today, if I'm being honest. I, but uh, uh, Pettersson, you can sign on, what, July 1st? Yes. Jeez, man, we got the whole summer to talk about this. Then. Okay, what are we doing fine. here today on the sure. Let's the Canucks let's talk about the Canucks' night. fantastic win in they the shootout. They played good last night. There's a lot of things to talk about. Did from they yesterday. play well? Played good. Played I think well. they. Pl- I think they played good. Did they? Yeah, they played. I think they played a pretty strong game. I don't think the analytics 100 percent backed it up, but I thought they played pretty strong. And they were, you know, Calgary didn't look great. How much? Yeah, Calgary I was going to say how much of it out. is the Canucks are playing well as much as it is Calgary was no, but I mean like that's a pr- that's normally a pretty good team over there, well coached team in the Calgary Flames. Normally I it is. The, uh, the Canucks came out and looked like a better team last night. I know that certain parts of the end, like the expected goals at five on five. Uh, Corsi, all that stuff was and not hey, really look, in their favor. But the I think, Flames were peppering Spencer Martin with shots. Yeah, and they weren't deep, they, a lot of yeah, exactly. A lot of them weren't high quality shots. So again, I'm not just looking at the shot totals and saying the Cox got dominated in that game. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just you know, I just thought mentioning Elias Pettersson's uh, contract would be more fun. Jeez, than, man, it's July first, I can start talking about it. I'm not asking Frank about it. Uh, Frank Cervelli is oh, going to join goodness. us. Uh, all of our guests brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic over there. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will give you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, what have you. Zephyr Epic has got you covered for all of your trading card needs. Okay. Pokemon cards over there, yep. Uh, let's quickly get into it. we got Frank in about five minutes here. Neil's Doglander. Oh, Tell you what, good game for Hoglander, man. He gets uh, two assists on the night. That line was pretty good together. And he hit a post. He hit a post. Yeah, he did. And he looked very dangerous. Hunt, I think the most uh, surprising thing of the whole game was Niels Hoglander getting a shift in overtime as well, where yep. he came in and had a scoring chance. Yep. Right? Like On that the was, ice that was with JT Miller. On the ice with JT Miller, I might add. Bruce Boudreaux choosing to live a little bit dangerously uh, with, with that duo out there. Dude, quickly about overtime, that quick, like, two steps that Ilya Mikheyev takes to get a breakaway where he's like behind. Yeah. Like he was further away from the puck than the defender. I don't know. Sometimes you see Mikheyev take off and you're like, Jesus, man. Like he looks like a, he's coming out of a cannon in certain games here. But uh, that that dries Hugliner-Garland line, third line together. We've, uh, we haven't said the nicest things about them throughout the season. All right, they, they've been scored on a lot. But last night, felt like like 90% of their ice time. By the way, they had 7.15 uh, of ice time together at 5-on-5 five five as a trio. It felt like about 90% of their time was spent in the offensive zone. They did a really good job of, uh, you know, having longer possessions in the offensive zone, not being caught in their own zone. I, I thought that line looked good together. And the other line that looked pretty good, some question marks about Curtis Lazar playing on the top line, but his work rate really showed last night with uh, with JT Miller and Bo Horvath. There wasn't, uh, you know, the finishing that you'd like to see from a top line right winger, but we haven't really seen that from uh, from a lot of top line right wingers so far this season for the Canucks, but I mean Lazar's work rate showed well. Like I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good in that spot. Yep. Uh, at least had one good game with them for sure. Spencer Martin as well was it uh, thirty five saves on thirty eight shots. Yep. A good good performance for him. One of his better ones of the season. All in all, Canucks played a, a pretty strong game. Got their goals at five on five as well, which was big. Yeah. They didn't need uh, the power play to pull one out tonight. So that was or last night. So that was good to see. 
Always good to see a little five on five offense created. Yeah, and, and you brought up Curtis Lazar. Uh, yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he was good in that role. Uh, there was that Canucks and Cars that dropped of uh, Burroughs and Lazar making the drive out to, as, as Lazar called it, Burnaby Eight Rings. Yeah, without uh, GPS either. They knew where yeah, they were going. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Burroughs could have got them all the way to Langley if he needed to. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> what? No, isn't he White Rock kid? Yeah, but he, he well, he lived in Langley. Probably too. gets his haircut same spot I get mine. Which, by the way, I'm going there for, for one today. I just changed the subject to that Canucks and Cars. I thought that was a fantastic video. Both those guys talking about who's the bigger Canucks fan. Basically, they were having a little competition mm-hmm. about who had more memorabilia. They both had the rooms, their childhood bedrooms, painted with the blue uh, and the green and white stripes on it. Which is a it's a good look. Oh, it's yeah. a good look for a bedroom. I always wanted that when Quiet, I was a kid. Quiet, uh, but last night as well. Quiet night for the uh, that Patterson line. Yes, we talked and, about and Patterson off the top. I don't know why I didn't bring it up, but we've pretty talk, quiet line for them. We've talked about that line as you know there was that stretch where they were the best line in hockey. Yeah, quiet quiet night for them. Uh, five on five, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. I'd rather talk about the shortest line in hockey, basically going out and single handedly winning the Canucks that game because Bo Horvat's line. We just talked about Curtis Lazar. They weren't fantastic either at five on five. Right? It was that Huglander line that was the Canucks' best line last night, and hey. Huglander wasn't even supposed to play in that game. Mm. Brock Besser was going to be in the lineup until he fell ill uh, with this bug that's going around. You know, everybody in Vancouver has it right now, it feels like. Uh, Elias Pettersson missed a practice with that's it. everyone, man. Uh, Everybody's you should have seen sick. what it did to the OHL a couple weeks ago, yeah. right? Well, I heard about it every and episode And the NCAA. Yeah. Um, Brock Besser was supposed to be in the lineup, and he wasn't. Niels Huglander went out. You saw him throwing hits. And that's oh, not yeah, something you see a lot with Niels Huglander. And I knew when I saw, when I saw Huglander finishing every check... That he possibly could. I knew he was going to have a good dog rating, and last night he did. He had a really strong uh, dog rating. First Mills time Huglander. into the uh, into the Century Club for Huglander last night, so that was great to see. Yeah, he hits a one hundred one twenty, I think. So uh, yeah, strong strong performance in Huglander. That's a good listen. That that line's going to face a lot of bottom six lines when they're obviously matching up against other teams. And if they can do things like they did last night, where they just spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and kind of handle their own defensively, but not even. You know, be relied upon to be good defensively. Just be relied upon to like get the puck out of your zone quick, right? And, and I think another thing about that, about getting the puck out of your zone quick, was Ethan Bear and Quinn Hughes playing together last night as well. Uh, what did you think of the pairing there? I okay. Why I wrote about because a lot, well, a lot of people were really hyped about yeah. when I asked for the dog rating, saying yeah. Ethan Bear was uh, was the dog of the night. Ethan Bear was good. Ethan Bear had a strong game, and I think people need to read up what being a dog means. But you know, Ethan Bear, he he does have some dog in him. We've seen it with Ethan Bear yep. all season long. But the thing about Ethan Bear, and this is how Wyatt put it in the Stanchies, is that Ethan Bear, his best skill is retrieving pucks that it looks like he has no business. Winning like 50 50 puck mm. battles, he, he wins those. Um, you know, retreating into the Canucks zone and taking the puck and quickly getting it up. Well, hang on a sec, quickly getting possession of the puck. It, it feels like Ethan Bear made a character in Be a Pro and he put all of his stats toward that one skill and now he's just slowly leveling everything else up. That's what it feels like with Ethan Bear right now. I thought the pairing was fine, like, they're. Again, I don't think the Flames were a strong enough team last night. They had an to, off night last night. Yeah, the Flames had an off night, and and they, you know, they just lost four straight. The Flames, I'm sorry, like the Flames aren't a team right now with their current form. What we saw last night, where I'm okay saying, yeah, that line, that pairing was fantastic. It was good. It was fine against the Calgary Flames. Is it fine against other teams? We'll have to wait and see. Ethan mm. Bear's really good at retrieving pucks. That's my analysis on that right now. I'm not going to jump the gun and call them this fantastic pairing or anything like that. They did the things that we thought they would do well together 
they did those things well, and I would say the things that people are worried about seeing from that pairing, they weren't really challenged on those things very much last night. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that like the pairing didn't get asked to do a ton, but they also weren't like kind of showcasing what they were good at either. Like, I felt like they moved the puck. Far. There was a couple little plays where like that pairing combined with like Pedersen in their own zone, just like moving the puck around in their own like end. You're like, wow, like there's there's some actual players that are moving the puck out of their own zone and you're like you get a little excited but it felt like there was also a few times where i I think it might just be like a chemistry thing right where it was like i I noticed like bear and hughes both having to kind of ring the puck around the boards to the other to kind of like get a reset on a breakout when neither of them kind of knew like which player is going to have the more space here you got some four checkers coming in hard i know that calgary was kind of you know playing pretty deep with their three forwards as well on a four check so it's a little bit harder to break and i think when you're a new pairing playing in games together might be nice to have like a little bit of a softer forecheck on you to kind of figure things out. And I think that's kind of what we saw last night. I think this, this pairing has some potential to be something that that's pretty exciting when it comes to moving the puck up the ice anyways. Uh, I, and I just, I, I watched them a lot defensively as well. And I just didn't think that I didn't have so much of a worry about them defending. There were times like there was, there was a couple of giveaways, I think from bear uh, early in the game where you kind of like, Oh, but I feel like he kind of rounded things out later on as the game went on. And, and he was just, yeah, I, I, I don't know if Hughes has been up to uh, his full potential basically this season, right? Like he's putting up a ton of the points. That's for sure. But uh, just to a certain point, like it, you aren't really seeing a big, like jump in play from what we saw last season from Hughes, which you kind of hope for, you hope for him to see some improvement this year. I just don't think we've seen that all season long, really just yet. There's been flashes of Quinn Hughes for sure, but I don't know if he's dealing with something or if it just hasn't been, you know, as much of a good season for him. It's just, he's not as dynamic. I think as maybe as we saw last year. That's fair. And again, like part of me, you have to wonder how much of that is just, he's played so much hockey and he still doesn't have a fantastic partner. Like how much of it is that? Like how much, because again, like, you know, we kind of threw out the question yesterday of, Oh, would you rather they target a young right-handed defenseman or would you rather they target a young center? And I think a lot of people were saying, get a right-handed defenseman who can play with Quinn Hughes. Yeah, and it's still the number one thing. It is, right? Like, Ethan Bear can be a bottom four guy. He's probably not a top four defenseman or a top pairing. Maybe he plays on your second pair and you're fine with that. But I, I don't it's know. It's still about the dynamic for me. Like, to, to use Bear to his highest potential, you got to, like, almost do the same thing that you're doing with Quinn Hughes of like a steady guy playing with him. Cause it felt like a little bit last night, maybe there was a little bit too much like you take it. I got it type of situations, right? Where it was just like, they didn't know which way to work together. And I think that'll come with just more, more play together. as The season goes on. They at least have the potential to be a good puck moving pair. A couple of smaller defense. When I tell you what it's 2022 quads short Kings rule, right? That's right. Short King line won them the game last night. All right, let's get to Frank here. He's on the line. Frank Valley joining us now uh, to come around and talk about the the rumors and rumblings around the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks. I feel like, uh, you know, you do a league-wide show, Frank, but I, I got to be curious. Is the Canucks the most talked-about team over the last, like, month or so for you on your, on your league-wide show? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I think all season long, I, <laughs> any station that I do any hit on, everyone wants to know about Bo Horvat. So I was figuring we'd get there at some point. Let's do it now. Uh, your 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 latest article about the trade targets was, I think, something I, I might not have the title exactly correct, but you said, you know, beginning the auctioning or, or kind of the bidding war for Bo Horvat. Are we seeing that now? Do you think we think you're starting to see some bids come in for Bo Horvat's uh, services? You know, I, I think there's certainly conversations that the Canucks have had ongoing, and I think. Really what you see, I don't think anything's imminent. I'll say that. Mm. I think what you see is a team that's gathering as much intelligence as possible, trying to find out not just how many teams, but how many teams are realistically in the mix to try and add Bo Horvat, a player of his caliber, to their team. So I think those conversations have been ongoing. Uh, I don't think they're anything kind of quite new. Uh, obviously we know that the Canucks tried to take another run at re-signing Bo Horvat. I would be surprised if they didn't take another one. Mm. Um, but at some point, especially as the calendar begins to turn to 2023 and then we're, you know, a couple months out from the trade deadline, you know, push is going to come to shove. And I, I still think, you know, the next trade targets list that'll be out the next one of the next one of the next one, we'll all still have Bo Horvat on them. We laughed about it yesterday on the show, uh, or two days ago, I guess, because we we saw the statement come out from Bo Horvat. I was at practice while it was going down, and the, I think something along the lines of the quote was, I didn't want to talk about it much longer as the season's going on. And then I was thinking, it's kind of funny, because in, in three minutes from now, we're going to be talking to him about it. Uh, what do you think the statement does? Uh, does it cool down the waters at all for Horvat? Because I don't think it does. No, I I don't think it does anything. Um, I mean, I think, you, you know, maybe... <laughs> If they do anything different, they make the statement just to their own media sort of quietly, like we're done taking questions on this or mm-hmm. set the table, maybe answer one last round of questions if you're Bo Horvat to you know finally get this last next story off your plate. And then, you know, then we're kind of done. I, I, I think if anything, what you've done is I'm watching TNT last night in the U.S. The Canucks and Flames are on national TV in the U.S., and it's a topic of conversation during the second period. Hey, right. look at this statement. And they flash the statement up on the screen. And all of a sudden, a national broadcast in the U.S. that would almost never talk about a contract extension or anything like that is now talking about it again. And so whatever you hope to accomplish has sort of now been thrown out the window. And 
I guess that's what happens. Frank, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but you don't really buy that this was the Canucks' best offer, and now they're looking at trading him, and they're not even going to circle back. Like you, you don't buy that um, line of reasoning. Well, I I never think anything with the Canucks is like dead and done. But I just go back to JT Miller. Like yeah. I, I thought how far apart those two sides were that there was no chance he was coming back. I was surprised that he wasn't traded in the summer. And maybe the true answer to that is the Canucks went through the process and didn't get what they felt like they needed for him. And then thought the best course of action beyond that was just to get something done so that you didn't go through this season then wondering, Um, you know, when I look at the situation with Horvat, I think, it also all depends on teams and how they negotiate. Like I, I, I've reported this many, many times over the last few months, how low their first offer was. And then to then, after such a hot start to the season, come up a significant amount, I never got any sense that this was best and final, and it was never framed to me as such. It was just the Canucks had reengaged, and the Horvat camp was in a spot where whatever was presented to them didn't move the needle for them in a significant way. And it was dismissed out of hand. And now we're in a spot where do the Canucks take one more swing or not? They don't have to. I would just be surprised based on the way that we know they do business if they didn't. The terms of that contract that got denied or declined rather, they haven't been leaked or anything like that. But just from the sense you get, do you get the sense in terms of total dollars that it was close or over or under uh, what JT Miller got with the $56 million? Uh, I believe it was under. Hmm. And does that surprise but you I don't, I, It was probably pretty close, though. I'd have to break out a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like, as I let you calculate, I'll kill some time for you. Um, but, like... Does it surprise you at all to see the Canucks, you know, obviously with the start Horvat's had this season where, you know, this guy's on pace to score you 60 goals. And obviously last year, JT Miller comes really close to 100. Does it surprise you at all to see the Canucks, you know, I I don't want to use the word low ball, but say, hey, we're going to pay you less than what we just paid this guy. So just since I am really bad at math and had a chance to now... (laughs) Calculate. I think it was either really close or maybe just a shade above in total dollars. Mm. And I think it does represent a significant movement in total dollars offered from Canucks to Horvat based Mm. on where they were at previously. But I just think the way he's exploded this season, and I also think with the way the pecking order has gone in terms of signing Miller first, and some other guys that are on some long-term deals that they've been willing to take on and not having room for him, plus the sort of constant drama that's existed with this team, that I think the biggest question is that you'd have to inject truth serum into Horvat to find the answer to is, for someone that really, really wanted to be there, and all of this has played out, my biggest question is, will the money even matter at the end of the day? Does he actually want to be there? And that, to me, I think is the really hard answer to the, to get truthfully. But I wouldn't be shocked if it was no. I mean, Bo's obviously talked about sometimes having the nickname the Bull, right? Like just Bull Horvat. 
it just feels like he's carried so much for this team and hasn't been given the carrot, right? Like, where are the playoff series that he's been had? Where are the wingers that he's had? I I, I get the sense with Horvat is like he is probably very welcoming to a new opportunity because that opportunity probably shines a lot brighter than it has over his time with the Vancouver Canucks. Well, not only that, but it. I think he's probably thinking – what path is this team heading down? Right. They've sort of been papering over the same mistakes roster wise for the last 10 years. Do I have a better chance to win somewhere else? Do I have a better chance to play with better players? Do I have a better chance to, I don't know, uh, collect the same amount of money in the process, maybe not even more, but the same. And do I have to deal with the constant headache that seems to revolve around the Vancouver Canucks. Like it, it's just, it is near, you guys are chronicling it in real time. It's near daily drama with mm-hmm. this team and it's off the ice. It's on the ice. It doesn't go away. And I, I just wonder how much that wears on someone saying, what do I need the headache for? Like I could just go do this somewhere else. And it's not even about the money. I can make the same somewhere else. It's literally like quads every day when he's like, Hey, I have to go grocery shopping for 45 minutes. Let me know when something happens. Like text me if something happens. Like it's literally a daily thing that we're dealing with here, but Hey, it's one 30. We haven't had anything uh, come up just yet. Frank, I wanted to ask about, listen, you deal with uh, whenever you're doing these hits or whether it be radio here on the show, everything you're talking about trades, rumors, all this stuff often. I'm curious if you have any thoughts from from some meetings over the past week around the NHL. Is there any way to make this more fun? Like, instead of just talking about rumors, let's talk about actual trades. Like, what can the league do to sort of make that happen? What can they do with the salary cap? Is there something in your mind that makes this a little bit more fun for fans? Because, man, I look at the NBA. I look at the trades that they have there. Heck, I even look at the NFL trades and how big they are for draft picks and value and everything. It just it feels like this cap is really limiting fans being able to have fun with trades and roster movement and stuff like that. It's stagnated things. I mean, look, we're in mid December and there hasn't really been one meaningful trade this year. Yeah. Actually the Canucks have been involved in a few of them <laughs> uh, in terms of actually just making transactions. Um, but it's stagnated because this is the third straight year of a flat or frozen salary cap And the prospect of having another one is making everyone's eyes glaze over. And after this week, I've had, I've really never been more convinced that we're in a spot where the cap is going to increase based on the information that Commissioner Gary Bettman handed out at at Board of Governors. A lot of people read into that, and there's a lot of nuance. They see the headline, they see the tweet, and they say, oh, well, the commissioner is saying it could only increase by a million next year because there's still projected to be a debt. And and yes, that's true, but it's also based on how you present the information. And so when you dive deeper into the numbers, only $70 million due to be repaid on the debt projected at the end of the season. And then we learned for the first time that that debt had ballooned to $1.5 billion at one point Hmm. based on the players taking more than their 50% share in pay. So that means... By the end of this season, almost 96% of the debt will have been paid off, which means it will probably be paid off even before puck drop of next season based on the sponsorship deals and revenue that comes in. Are you really going to play a fourth straight season like this in this current state just because you want to, I don't know, stick it to the NHLPA or or whatever you want to do and follow the letter of the law of your agreement? Hmm. 
I think there's enough governors, owners, GMs out there that are in that boardroom as frustrated as you guys are saying, look, we've got 25 teams essentially right now in this league that are $2 million or closer to the NHL's salary cap. We've got to do something here. We've got to fix this situation. We've got to make it better. That's one way to drive interest in your league. The NBA has figured out the secret sauce. And you know what else the NBA has? They have players that their voices matter. And I say this not in a sense of like, um, you know, what it matters in the political or public sphere. And that's, that's important because they're not afraid to voice their opinion. But when they say something, I'm not coming back. I'm not playing for your team. Like that guy's traded in two minutes. Yeah. They make they're movers and shakers. They make things happen. They there's constant transactions that are being made. Friend, you know, friends bringing in other teammates to their team. I don't want to say a constant revolving door of, of tampering, but like it feels like there's so many things happening in the NBA. And guess what? Their league's being consumed way more than it ever has been, based on the Woj bombs that are out there. Different things. So. They've made it an incredibly um, important, newsworthy league that it's a lot of the interest in that league is driven and rides on the back of the players that are making this news. It's wild to even think that we talked about a player putting out a statement of not wanting to talk about his future anymore and, and to hear what you have in the NBA. I mean, and what, hap- what has happened following that league and watching their growth is it's a 365-day news cycle, and that's got to be good for the league. Like the, I'm sure that the NHL wishes that 365 days of the year they had a news story to talk to, or at least like a story where people can discuss. Like, you know, I think of you know part of the interruption is a show that I always watch growing up, and I haven't watched it a ton lately. But when I grew up, like it was always an NBA story was in that first three things that they would talk about. You know, the NHL has to think that they would be good for the league. It's it's obvious that would be great for the league to get into that spot more movement more conversations hope. yeah just more more availability to actually even get the opportunity to make that move just it makes so much sense to everyone what would be the holdup what is is the holdup just the cap right now and that's kind of the situation it's not just the cap it's like the nuance that goes with it like mm. i don't think they're ready to just put out there for public consumption and to tell everyone hey we're open to making a deal when they don't know who the next executive director of the NHLPA is going to be true that won't be determined probably until May, if we're lucky at this rate. You know, sometime maybe by the end of the regular season, if you get aggressive, if you're the search committee for the players. Like, they've got a lot of work to do on that front. And the NHL doesn't know who they're getting in bed with. So they're not ready to just say, hey, yeah, we're going to make a deal for the cap. Like, that, that's not how the NHL does business. They don't telegraph what they're going to do before they do it all the time. And uh, yeah, so, you mentioned it. Sorry, Frank, because I want to want you to follow up with this. If they do make that move in May, we're not seeing changes in June and July. It feels like it's going to be a process still. So even that people hear you say maybe that job gets filled in by May, do we really start to see significant changes until maybe the next season, season after that? Well, you'd have to at least in terms of the cap because they have to set the cap number usually by draft week. Okay, uh, hopefully before then, so they have the GM meetings in June. Um, so that would be an easy one to figure out, but there, this is not rocket science. Like this is a, honestly, it's a five minute conversation between yourself and and the next executive director to try and figure it out. So there's not, it's not overly complicated. It's just that they don't want to say that there's going to be an increase, even though it's entirely doable based on the latest projections. And 
By the way, speaking of intrigue, I, I just this just hit me while we were talking about it. Do you find it odd how people basically like took the one sentence statement from Bo Horvat and then added in their own sort of commentary to it? It was like, well, Bo's. I heard someone read that and say, well, Bo's committed to this to finishing the season with the Canucks. I was like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's not what this says at all. Like I kept hearing that and I was like, it just says he's focused on playing for the Canucks this season. Yeah. Doesn't say anything beyond that, that this season could end with the Canucks for him next week, next month, two months from now, whenever it is or not. No, I agree. It was, <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was, it was really funny to watch people kind of, like you said, just convince themselves of whatever truths they wanted. Because correct like, me if I'm wrong, Quads, that statement was just sent to media. That wasn't put out. Yes. Right. That wasn't tweeted. Yes, You're that the was, one that was, you, that I saw was you guys through, tweeting about that it. That was through the Canucks PR staff right. that we received that email, uh, that, that statement from Bo Horvath. But yeah, people were throwing their own kind of spins on it and convincing themselves it was the truth. We were, oh, well, he doesn't want to be here. Bo doesn't want to be here. He's chasing money. He should be like JT Miller and take less than market value to stay here. Anyways, we're not going to get into all that. But yeah, that was a great point, Frank. That was really funny to watch. All right, Frank. Thanks for uh, taking the time, Frank. Yeah, awesome to chat with you guys. Be you well. Betcha. We'll let you get Cheers. back to that calculator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I need all the help I can get. Yeah, I just picture it like quads. I know you're not oh, good. Quads is like doing 12 plus 4, like 18 plus 3. So I, I don't know what you were doing over there, Frank, but I'm sure it was more complicated than quads in the calculator. Not very complicated. <laughs> Look, I again, I don't know the numbers. Um, not with any sort of definitive authority, but if I had to speculate and guess as to what the Canucks offer was, my guess is it would be eight times 7.5. Sounds right. Yep. That's probably what we would have guessed. If we would have had to guess a number, honestly, yeah, probably. It's a pure, it's a pure guess. I know, I know that it starts with a seven, but that's my guess. I think they're, they're convinced he's, his, his AAV starts with an eight. And like I said, and I reported this a week ago, um, I think there's at least one team out there that's willing to go to a nine. Yeah. So, And I think even the way you followed that up was like, hey, it only takes one, right? That's all it's going to take for him to hit $9 million on the open market. All right, Frank, keep up the great how many work. Senators, how many senators are going to hit the market with that yeah. type of skill set yeah. at that age, you know, with a complete game and a face-off monster? Like, and a C coming off your chest just off of that, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, Frank, we'll let you go. Appreciate it. See you Have guys. Thanks. There he thanks. is. Frank Saravalli joining us there. Always fun to talk to Frank. He's got to get back to the phones. Working think, those phones. Do you I'll, think Frank has a like a mechanical calculator right in front of him? Or is he, was he on the phone there? Uh, no, mechanical. I think, Frank's, I think, a, I think, I think a, Frank's got a mechanical. You know those ones that shoot out the equations, like the tax oh, receipts? Oh, yeah, he's got all the, the receipts. Top. My mom used to have one of those. I used to love using those. Those are so cool. Mm. Didn't learn much using them, but... Uh, yeah, no, I've seen you sometimes when you're doing your little calculations and you ask, what do you do with Siri or something, right? I do it. You with say, Siri, hey, yeah. uh, what's well, five plus three yeah. plus four? And I'm just like, man, no, no, this is the worst. You do it on the pitch and pot course. Yeah, and it works. You're like, what's uh, what's five plus four plus three? You do. I can't believe you do it on the golf course. That's ridiculous to me. I It's the pitch and putt. First I know. Of all. That's the thing. That's even worse. Is it? It should be easy, easy numbers here. When oh, you're your, hitting your fives and chat sixes, when you're hitting fives and sixes, it's not as easy. Uh, okay, quickly, let's get to this. Renaming NHL awards. Also, all of our guests, Frank Saravelli, brought to you by Zephyr Epic. Oh, good Promo folks code. there, Zephyr Epic. You, you go in there, you kick the door softly, you walk <laughs> in there. You don't ever use your hands when you go in the Zephyr Epic door. You use your feet. Uh, you get in there, you scream hockey season, they'll give you five bucks. Okay, after enough. you spend 50 bucks. All right. Uh, yeah, promo code hockey season. Okay, uh, renaming awards. This was brought up recently. 
I don't yeah, have specific. Yeah, I don't have specifics that I want to get into. Be like, this should be after this player. This should be after this player. Oh, that's what I have. Okay, <laughs> let's not even bother. I'm just here to say, rename the awards to something that people have heard of. The NBA is doing it. The fact that Wayne Gretzky doesn't... Mark Messier has the leadership board. Yeah, I don't know about that. Wayne Gretzky doesn't have an award. Am I correct about that? Uh, I don't... There's probably some sort of thing. Yeah, there, maybe. But, yeah. but regardless... Not like a Not a major NHL. award. Not a major NHL award. I'm sorry. Like, the Conn Smythe, the Calder, all these, like... Change the name. People don't know who you're talking about. I understand it to a little bit of a degree, yeah, but I also I think get... there are some that could use an upgrade. Listen, the yeah. MVP should be called the Wayne Gretzky Award. This is hockey. Yeah. Hockey is Wayne Gretzky. The MVP should be called the Gretzky Award. Yes. The, the Gretzky Trophy. Like, yep. that would be awesome. And then change. I love what the NBA did. Those trophies, they look cool, right? They, they look do. like they're from the you know this present year. They look great. Uh, but I got to... The ones that I thought, okay, so MVP, obviously, Wayne Gretzky, right? Art Ross mm-hmm. Trophy, would you say Mario Lemieux? Would you want to change the art? Because there's some I just wouldn't change just because it's like, does it I need say to you be wait, the Mario I say Lemieux? you wait till Ovechkin retires and then name it after him. Well, for the, the goal-scoring one, yeah. But for yeah. the Art Ross for points. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you really? Confused. I just like, because it's like, what do you want to call like the Hart Trophy, now the Gretzky Trophy, then call the yeah. Art Ross, also call that the Gretzky Trophy? Like Gretzky no, trophy obviously two. you can't do that. But al- although, like, okay. The Rocket Richard Trophy is a really cool name. Like, yes. the Rocket, it's a cool name to oh, keep. I know. I'm fine keeping well, that like, one. That's probably my exception. 30 years from now, it's called the Ovi. That'd be cool, too. Yeah, right? the so like, I think you can do the... Like, I like that the NBA did this, and, you know, it wasn't a lot of discussion. I feel like it just... I don't know. Maybe I don't follow the NBA close enough, but, like, just I feel happened. like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, at the end of this year, you're getting you're getting the Jordan Award. It was cool. It was cool, and as they should. The NHL should what about, follow suit. This is the one that I always like to have discussion, and it, I, it, I feel like it's picked up a little bit of heat over the past couple of years. The Norris Trophy for top defenseman. Yep. It's always just about a scoring defenseman. I think there could be two trophies. There. I like I think that. That's, I, like I don't that. think there's a lot of people that disagree with that. Like, I, I like the idea of it being the Bobby Orr and the Nicholas Lindstrom. Like, Nicholas Lindstrom can be all around. You don't have to just be points, but make the Bobby Orr one be. Listen, yeah, you put up a ton of points as a defenseman. Here's the, here's the Bobby Orr, and it's just a tooth. Either or. Okay. I think that's an easy one. And yeah. then the Selkie, that can easily be changed to the Bergeron. He's won it like five, sure. six times. Yeah, I think or you could do that while he's still Pavel playing. Pavel Datsuk as well, too. Yeah, yeah the I was Datsuk. thinking if they did that like while he was still playing and he won it, that would be cool as hell. Yeah. That would be a cool hockey story. I mean, he probably would win it. Like, What about Lady Bing? Could you see it being the, one of the Sedins? That's the only Canuck one I thought you could maybe tie in there. Like, ser- like Lady yeah. Bing Award for the most gentlemanly player? Yeah, that's fair. The Sedins have an argument there. Yep, I think so. Yeah. Also, and the other one I thought was like the Jack Adams. I don't really have a problem with the Jack Adams. Like the Pat Quinn way. Award, could be something like that. Calder, no, change the Calder, change yeah. it to the Solani. Hell yeah. yeah! You can't have the Calder Calder Cup in the AHL and no. the Calder Tro- No, it's no, too confusing. Get Solani's yeah. in there for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on quickly. Get this in because we got to wrap up here. The AHL last oh, night, Lane, Lane Peterson a hat trick before the puck had even dropped in the Vancouver Canucks yeah, game. Yeah, that was wild. There's seven minutes left in the first period, and he had three goals. Didn't score any for the rest of the game, so that's unfortunate. But uh, Abbotsford had a really good game. And here's the biggest takeaway I had from last night, and it's kind of going to be moving into the prospects report actually as well. Because Danila Klimovich, he's out there. As you can see on the score, it's 4-3 for Abbotsford. They're up by one. They got 43 freaking shots in this game to 19. They were dominating. Uh, but the, Klimovich is out there with a one-goal lead and four minutes left. Can I, give, can I get a hell yeah for Jeremy Carlton putting Klimovich in a spot like this? And look what Klimovich does. Gets a partial break. Fires the wrist shot into the back of the net. He's got seven points over his last seven games. Big hug from his boy, Vasily Podkolzin. See them on a line together a little bit with Pedersen uh, last night. Look at that. 
I just, listen, we had Carlton on the show last week. He talked a lot about the development and having it to be steps. This is a huge step for Klimovich. I Maybe, like, I don't know. I might be obsessing over it a little bit, but to see him out in a one-goal game with less than five minutes to play is huge. That that was not happened. That's never happened. That that's never happened in Klimovich's hey, career. And you know what? Colton talked to us last week about building the players' confidence, and that's how you do it. I think that's how, you, especially a team like San Diego, who I found out absolutely sucks. Oh my god, they were so. so I watched the like, Ducks are bad, and so are their farm teams. Because I was able to watch a lot of the start of this game, at, because the, I don't know what was happening in Calgary last night. Like, think about the Calgary folk. The game didn't start till like eight twenty eight, like their time. Brutal. What are they, what's going on out there? Everyone in Calgary's on those uh, those Saddle Dome beers. I hear they. There's something special, I guess. Yeah. But uh, Klinovich, yeah, really good opportunity for him. I like these jersey ads. Yeah. <laughs> digital jersey ads. The Canucks conversation logo jumping on. It makes What's the games more there? watchable. Oh, yeah, I see uh, Is what uh, Gary Bettman said. It's okay. damn green screen again. Uh, let's quickly get to the Betway wrap-up and get out of here. Well. It's my Friday. And I, I, I might get towed. You've been wanting to leave since Yeah, I might get towed. I got to hurry up. One fifteen. you want it out. Send a text in the group chat. He said, Alex, you're done. Hurry up. All right. All right, Alex, pull it up. Betway, let's get out of here. Betway, Betway. Well, it's going to be a slow Betway day. Well, there's no Canucks game. Uh, Kachuk and Malkin both to get a point tonight. Minus 110 in the uh, in the Panthers versus Penguins game over there on Betway. Betway, Betway. Uh, both those players have been ripping up both well over a point per game over their last, like, seven to nine games. They're putting up a lot of points of late uh, for both those players. And then I just, I just thought this one was decent odds. To get a power play goal from either team and then an empty net goal at some point in the game. Plus 275. I don't feel like that's not the worst. That's feel like I, I saw the number and that's why I picked it. Uh, 10 bucks a bit gets you uh, 3750 on that second bet. Uh, and then the Kachuk and Malkin both to get a point. They both need a point. This isn't the either or stuff I do. This is both of them to at least get a point. 10 bucks will get you 1909. You take that 1909, you go down to Zephyr Epic in Surrey. And you pick yourself up. Uh, you pick yourself up, but you can get a whole Anything bunch of Anything you di- want. Yeah, you can get the the Pokemon tins. They're only like fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, what happened? That's those are nineties prices. Okay, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Please Check play responsibly. Yeah, must be nineteen. I'm of just age gonna get to that. I always get older. to that. Okay. Uh, yeah, nineteen plus to play. Um, over at. Betway. All right. We'll wrap it up there uh, for my co-host. What you got going on the weekend? I'm not talking about it. For my co-host, Chris Faber, uh, and our technical producer, Alex Lard, our thanks to Frank Saravalli uh, and Zephyr Epic for presenting Frank Saravalli to us uh, for joining us on this episode of Canucks Conversation. Harmon Dial will be in for me tomorrow, oh, folks. I can't wait. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. The weekend doesn't start till Saturday. Starts for me, baby. Freaking Thursday. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?